Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawker, and Big Swing. Unfortunately, no Granny Hawker tonight. Uh, she thinks she's getting a stomach bug or something. She went to bed a little early. Uh, hopefully, she feels a little better. Uh, and hopefully, she's listening in. In fact, I, I have a good idea and good feeling that she is listening in. Uh, I just don't think she wants to sit here and have to talk for two hours because I know she's not feeling good. So. Again, Granny, feel better soon. Uh, Icon and Big Swing can hold it down, and if I have to step aside, Icon's got the capability to do it himself. So, Icon, you, you were telling me when you were off air. You, you, you were telling me when you were off air. Um, you were on some show last night or something? Yeah, I was on a show called Cut the Promo Podcast, kind of a second-rate version of a wrestling podcast, oh, and. Sh- we had uh, we had Pat Piper on there last night, and it's a two-part interview. The second part of the interview is going to be tonight. So for those of you who listened to Cut's promo last night, know that the second part of the Pat Piper interview is tonight. So you have oh, to wow. come in tonight to get the rest of what he has to say. So that should be fun. And we have two other guests on tonight. We have the super genie, Melissa Coates, and we have the Cuban assassin on with us tonight. So it's going to be a fun-filled uh, show like it is every week. And, of course, we have three-guest show tonight. And next week is no exception. We have a three-guest show uh, as well next week. So it should be fun. So, Icon, um, finally got Super Genie. Uh, th- this is confirmed. This is nailed down because I've been I've been waiting to talk to her. I'm actually uh, excited to go over some things with her. Yeah, she, it is confirmed, and 
unfortunately, you know, I'll admit I uh, I have uh, people misunderstand my communication with the time zones. So I guess she has mm. been calling. That happens. But uh, I let her know when she should be on, so she will be calling in. So it'll be fun. Oh, good, good. See, that that seems to be a trend with you. Just uh, the whole communication uh, uh, time zone thing. Everything else, you're rock solid on. But for some reason, there always seems to be a a communication issue when it comes to time zones. Yeah, I, I guess I don't understand. You know, when I when I give them a countdown, call in two hours and fifteen minutes. That's what it means, you know. So, you know. Yeah, but I I I mean, uh, I don't know. I just I I. Uh, I would just give them like I would do a little research and have like a little like, like a little envelope or something or a little notepad with you and just write down you know time zones or, or if you have a map I don't know if you have a little map in your house draw lines go on Google and look up the time zones and draw lines where they're at so that you can just say okay where's your state okay here boom you're in central okay you're in east you're in western and then that way you'll know. Like for you, for example, the show's at 10 p.m. out here in New York uh, at the headquarters studio. For you, it is uh, 9 p.m. Okay, because you're an hour you're an hour behind me. So for somebody in California, sure. it would be 7 p.m. You know, what I'm everything everything is based around the Eastern time zone. So if you tell, so, so you so you, you just think about okay, Eastern time zone, 10 p.m. So you say, okay, we have our guests in California. Okay, call in at 7 p.m. And they'll know what it means. And then 7 p.m., it'll be 10 p.m. time and boom, you know. So you just do it that way. And, and people generally, uh, unless they're really, you know, uh, unless they really lick windows, will understand, you know, what you're talking about. So. Okay. But uh, anyways, and Alexa Bliss is coming on too. She's actually really. Kind of hot. I might be a little distracted here. Yeah, I, I yeah, I got I got to see her last night, which was really really cool. You know, uh, I I I didn't get I didn't get a kiss from her or anything, but uh, I tried to. But huh. the security guard asked me to kind of. Hey hey, at least you didn't. Uh, at least you didn't slap her ass or whatever like that one guy or that one kid did or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, they um. Yeah, the security guard said, uh, you know, because I had my Icon shirt on. He's like, uh, Icon, I'm sure that's your real name, but take a, take a couple steps back, please. And I did. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, you, you didn't want to get thrown out of the building in your home in your home city. That wouldn't have been good. Um, and you also said you got up and close uh, up close and personal. And I know Granny would have really, Granny really would have envied you. Uh, for this because she really would have uh, wanted to be in your shoes so she could have thrown something or maybe reached out with her cane but you got a up close and personal at the house show to um, your excuse me your buddy Baron Corbin as well right now see the thing about uh, the way I understand it now this is this is all hearsay this is what I've heard now whether this is true or not I don't know but Kevin Owens was supposed to be here However, his appearance was scrapped for some reason uh, due to the fact I think that uh, someone had heard uh, or mentioned him about the Icon Challenge if he were to show up here in Fargo. So he didn't. 
Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Kevin Owens didn't show up in Fargo because he's afraid of the icon. I, is that what we're putting? That's what we're putting on wax. That's what's going out there to to the mass media. Of course. Kevin Owens now, was afraid of the icon, so he did not show up to Fargo. Right, and here's something else that got right. kicked hey, me off last it, night. It, it, it's on audio. It's recorded. So you heard it here, ladies That's and gentlemen. Fine. Yeah. That's fine. If uh, if Kevin Owens wants to call and say that that's not true, go ahead. Call the show. Well, he's not you allowed to <laughs> with his with his uh his his Nazi like WWE contract. But anyway, continue. <laughs> but anyway, there Baron Corbin kind of uh he he kind of ticked me off a little bit, and uh, how they had him uh be announced in the ring kind of pissed me off a little bit because he had the ring announcer announce him as Fargo, North Dakota's favorite son. That is not him. That is me. Oh, see, I'm surprised. I'm surprised security was able to hold you back. You didn't jump in the ring and grab a mic and uh, be like, whoa, listen. Okay. Yeah. That that would be me. We all know that. You know, and I quote Nick Nolte on this. We all know that Barry, Baron Corbin is nothing but a spear chucker with uh, number a number stencil on his prison fatigues. Wow, <laughs> I kind of like that one. Uh, I'm not going to give you the dwan 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 for that because I actually kind of like that one. Anyway, <laughs> so oh, anyway, so we got a we got a we got a we got a big show tonight. All guests have been confirmed. Uh, yeah, but um, I I need to uh, text our one guest here. Um, All right. Just to uh, hopefully I can uh, hopefully this will go through when I'm on the phone because I got a new company that doesn't allow texting and talking at the same time. Hmm. So hopefully. So. Have you have you gotten a chance to watch any Raw tonight? I know it's in Minneapolis. I'm surprised you didn't go to Minneapolis. It's right down the road from you. Uh, well, it's about four hours away, but my my first responsibility is the show. So, well, yeah, but I mean, you remember Jason, um, uh, sexual chocolate when he used to call in. He used to call in live from the events, and uh, you know, I I, I would have held down the switchboard and made sure everything was good if you wanted to go to Raw tonight. Yeah, uh, that's true. Hey, uh, can you take it for about five uh, for a few minutes? I just got to uh, I just got to call our guest real quick, and then I'll call right back in, and you can put me in. Our first guest is going to call in about five minutes, so just kind of take it for a little bit, then I'll call right back. All right. All right. So, anyways, yeah. So we're watching Raw here tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and. You know, I, I got to say, I, I don't know if it's a direct result of Paul Heyman and Eric Schoff now running these shows, but the shows have just been better overall in the last, you know, couple of weeks since they took over than they've been in close to a decade. I mean, Raw, you know, as most of you know, and, and our, our normal listeners and our people who have been listening to this show for a long time know that this show was designed it was set up for us to go on and, and, and bitch about, you know, bitch about wrestling and, and, and how bad it had become and, you know, and, and how bad uh, WWE and how much of a joke WWE had become. 
now, I mean, other than some of the really crazy Attitude Era storylines, they've got some pretty entertaining stories right now and some pretty damn good matches that have a lot of physicality without, you know, going over the top like the Attitude Era did. But either way, it's just actually been pretty good programming, which I really haven't been able to say since we started this show. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually happy about that. And, you know, I've always been a Bischoff fan. Uh, you know I'm a Paul Heyman fan. So I, I'm just, you know, I'm excited that WWE is finally doing something fan-friendly that's not child-fan-friendly. Uh, just, you know, because I, I just, I, I can't sit there and watch a kid's show. That's almost like, it's almost like me watching Nick Jr. at 31 years old. You know, I, I can't do it now it's back to a product that, you know, I can have a couple beers on a Monday night and watch again. And that's, that's exciting for me. So Icon, you back on? Yes, I am. And our, all our guests are good to go. So they've all been, uh, they've all been confirmed. They all know when to call in. So our first guest should be calling in here shortly and we'll uh, rock this thing and uh, we'll go with it. Here's the thing. How Mm. about since we got a few minutes, I, I want to do a little bragging because I, I, I can't help myself. But, you know, don't get me wrong, folks. I, I, I like JG. I like Jordan Garber. I really do. And I like helping his show out. But I, uh-huh. I just want to say one thing, though. I mean, he does have a good show, but I want to say that he wouldn't have the guests without me. He wouldn't have got Al Snow without me. He would have got Pat Piper without me. You know, hmm. he, he, that's true. He wouldn't be getting, he wouldn't be getting the international superstars without me. You know, and and once again, Jordan, I know, I know you are a a confident guy as well, um, and everything. But if you I mean if you want to call in. You know, I, I believe Icon. Yeah, the reason I believe Icon, because normally I'd be like, oh, yeah, he's just, you know, he's just talking out of his ass. He's blah, 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 you know. But I've seen it happen. Some of the guests that we've gotten on this show, which have helped to make this show the number one wrestling podcast on the Internet, um, some some of those guests that we've gotten has been all the Icon. I mean, I'll admit, I, I run the switchboard. I put together some of the audio clips, and I, you know, I – lead us in. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the one with the radio degree. So, I mean, I mean, in a way I kind of hold the glue to uh, show together with glue. Uh, okay. Hold on. I'm the one who holds the show together like glue. There we go. That's what I meant to say. But icon who also is, is, you know, gotten much, 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 much better on the air. And, and is, is one of the glue that helps hold it as well. He is, um, he has gotten some people that I have just been like, wow, you know, I get to talk to this dude. So Jordan, you know, for, for that, I mean, he, he's not taking the knock on you. I mean, it, it's true. There are some people that I never would have thought that I, you know, that I uh, never would have thought that I would have been able to talk to. And, and you know, I, I was able to because of the icon. Icon, um, our first guest, does he have a 304 number or is that Jordan? Yes. Yep. Correct. 304? All right. Uh, I'm yep. going to put Monday Night Football on commercial and come back. I'm going to put the guests through, and you can start them off. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is feared in rings all over the country because of his name alone. 
when they see his name on the marquee, they run and hide. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the Cuban assassin. Hey, buddy, how are you? Uh, hey, this is the Cuban assassin, Richie Acevedo, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. I'm doing great, guys. Awesome. And uh, would you like us to refer to you as the Cuban assassin, or should we use? Uh, do, would you like us to use your real name for this? Well, you can use both names, Cuban Assassin and Richie Acevedo, because in the ring, I'm the Cuban Assassin, but on film and television, I'm Richie Acevedo. Okay, and uh, you do have uh, you do have a cool last name. What nationality is that? I'm just kind of curious. Well, it's uh, Spanish, but it's actually Portuguese. My grandfather, my father, the original Cuban Assassin, Angel Acevedo, his uh, father, uh, Jorgio Acevedo was from uh, Portuguese, and my grandmother was from uh, Cuba, and they settled in Puerto Rico, but uh, it's actually a Portuguese name. I like it. So, we'll, uh, we have uh, the Cuban assassin here. We have, well, we have, um, we have about uh, 28 minutes here with uh, the assassin, so... Uh, uh, Granny Hawkster unfortunately got sick tonight, so she's not with us. But it's going to be me and Big Swing conducting the interview, and uh, hopefully by the end of the night, you won't want to choke slam us out. But we'll continue with this. So, with I mean, he won't want to choke slam me. I can't. I can't speak for you. But well, there you go. Yeah, I don't. So, I, I don't. I don't really use a choke slam. You know, I'm only uh, five foot seven. So I can't use a choke slam. The only thing I do to, uh, use is I do the Cuban elbow drop, which is actually called the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's just an elbow drop off the top rope, and I do the Cuban leg lock, which is an inverted reverse figure four leg lock. That is awesome. That's one thing I was going I was going to ask is what your finishing maneuver is, and then uh, which one of us would like uh, to let you practice on us. But I think I'm going to pass on that. That sounds pretty devastating. So. With your your tenure in the business, how long have you been in the business? Well, I've been in the wrestling business for 30 years. I went in in uh, June of 1989. None of us knew that I was going to be a wrestler. It just happened that way. My dad, the original Cuban assassin, more notoriously known for wrestling for Stu Hart's Calgary Stampede Wrestling, also for Emile Dupree's Atlantic Grand Prix Wrestling in the Maritimes, and... uh, you know, he and uh, Fidel Sierra met up together in uh, Portland, Oregon, and also in Calgary. And uh, Fidel Sierra asked my dad if he can use the Cuban assassin name in the States. And my dad said, yes, I don't plan to go back to wrestle in the States anymore. I'm going to stay in Canada. You be the Cuban assassin in the United States. I'll be the Cuban assassin in Canada. And that was around 1987. But 1989, after I graduated from high school, my dad flew me up to Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada, where he was wrestling for Emile Dupree's Atlantic Grand Prix Wrestling. And, uh, well, my dad is old school. He didn't like me to have free living, so I had to start paying my dues automatically. So he just went ahead and trained me, threw me in the ring, and put me under a mask called the Super B. And that's how I actually started, and that was back in 1989. So I've been wrestling for 30 years now, and now my son and my nephew are wrestling now. And my son goes as a Cuban commando. And my son and my nephew goes as a Cuban mercenary, and we all go as the Cuban dynasty because they are the dynasty of the legacy, and so the legacy still continues on. 
So, two-part question here for you. So, sure. with that being said, and you said your father threw you in the ring, how many different receipts did you receive when my you Lord. started out? <laughs> Listen, my dad didn't do what was normally called in the terminology, smart me up. He just start, threw me in the ring, showed me the collarbone lockup, and showed me how to take uh, falls and bumps. And that's it. He didn't really smart me up to anything of the wrestling business and just threw me in the ring. My very first match was against 80 Watts. And then he was going this tough for you, 80 Watts. And uh, in uh, Montague, PEI, Prince Edward Island. And uh, I had uh, uh, gotten a ring and, and I didn't know what was going on. He just beat the living daylights out of me. And they come back in the locker room, Leo Burke and everybody come back in the locker room telling my dad, Cuban, Cuban, your son's a natural, your son's a natural. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I just naturally I just naturally got my butt whipped is what it was. Of course it was natural. It was a real legit butt whipping. And uh, it wasn't until Ron Ron Starr and Leo Burke had smarted me up. Ron Ron Starr smarted me up. Leo Burke, both Leo, Leo Burke and Ron Starr were my mentors. But my dad was still my teacher, so... Uh, that's how that happened. So is he related to Bill Watts? No, I'm not related to uh, Bill Watts. No, no, uh, the guy you wrestled. The guy you wrestled. Oh, no, Eddie Watts is not related to Bill Watts at all. He's from uh, Winnipeg, uh, uh, in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada there. And uh, he uh, he went down to train with uh, Vern Gagne in the AWA because he, he would go help set the rings and everything, so he wanted to be part of wrestling, and that's how he got into the business. And I'm going to tell you something. Mitty Watts is, is, is a great wrestler and one of those people that I always thought should have made it to the big time because he was that good. I used to idolize and watch the matches that he would have with uh, buddy, the late Buddy Wayne Gillis and, uh, up there in, in, in the Maritimes, and they had these killer matches, and I was like, man, this guy – should be in the big big leagues, you know, but again, not everybody gets to make it to the big leagues all the time, you know, because it's so cosmetic and it's based upon what they can sell in merchandise. So, and that, and that's how it should be in the way for that kind of a company. Now, do you still have contact with Mr. Watts? Uh, what's that now? Do you still have contact with uh with Watts? Last time I had spoken to or seen Eddie Watts was. Probably back in 2005 on uh, one of the tours I did for Atlantic Grand Prix Wrestling. And uh, before that was back in uh, 2001 for Carlos Colon's World Wrestling Council of Puerto Rico. We were down in Puerto Rico together. and uh, But the last time I seen Eddie Watts was in 2005. Well, if you ever happen to get in touch with him, uh, pass my information to him. I'd like to have him on the show, too. I'm going to ask you one more question here, then we'll let Big Swing take, then we'll swir- circle back to me for the uh, for the the difficult questions. Uh, sure. We have, uh, mm-hmm. we have Richie Azevedo, the, uh, the Cuban assassin here. we got about 22 minutes left. Uh, now, you mentioned that you wrestled for Stu Hart, so you've met the entire Hart family, correct? Well, uh, I met... Almost all the hearts except for Owen Hart. Uh, Owen Hart had already passed away uh, and died uh, the uh, the year before I actually got to go up there for Stampede Wrestling. Now, myself, my dad wrestled for Stu Hart and Calgary Stampede Wrestling since the 70s. Uh, but myself, I, didn't, I only got to wrestle for the hearts uh, the one time 
which was back in 2000 when they relaunched uh, Stampede Wrestling. And I wrestled uh, on the house shows. I wrestled as my dad's tag team partner, the Cuban Assassin, and was the Cuban Assassins. But uh, on the TV, I was under the mask of Satanicus. And uh, the reason for that is because they were wanting to build a storyline where Satanicus actually helps a group to jump my dad. And um, and when uh, uh, and that dad's supposed to pull the mask off me, and I'm supposed to be stunned and have a father-son feud. But Bruce Hart... Uh, cut that out the simple fact that he already had a father and son uh thing going on with uh british bulldog david boy smith and harry at the time but the difference was david boy smith was coming in to team up with his son i was actually going to be going against my father but bruce hart felt that uh the audience couldn't wouldn't be able to relate to two father and son storylines going on at the same time that's cool yeah, the reason why I was asking is uh, SharpshooterFunding.com, which is owned by Brett the Hitman Hart, is uh, our sponsor of the show, so that's why I was asking. Uh, yeah, we yeah. have uh, Richie Escobedo here, the Cuban Assassin. We have 20 minutes left. Uh, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest here, the Cuban Assassin? Um, well, the question I was going to start with, he sort of got into a little bit as to, uh, you know, how we got into the business, why, and if there were any, you know, idols that he looked up to or any uh, inspirations that he had had up. Um, so he, he touched on that a little bit. So, I mean, I well, guess there were, the, the main... There were, hmm? there were some uh, idols and inspiration I looked up to before I got into wrestling besides my dad. Always been my hero. Uh, and being his tag team partner was a dream come true for me. And I apologize for cutting you off there, but no, you're the fine. people, if you really want the people, you really want to know who I kind of fashion myself and idolize after, and you can watch my matches and you see, I incorporate them over the years into my matches, but I, I, I stole a little bit of gorgeous George, which I always uh, okay. thought he was one of the best acts in town. Uh, I also stole after Tolly Blanchard, in my opinion, the greatest hill in professional wrestling. Uh, and, uh, cause he was never a baby face. Uh, just like Ricky Steamboat was never a heel. And then I also stole from Hulk Hogan. You know, I stole a little bit from Hulk Hogan, but the, one of the people that was really influential that I stole from was the Russian bear Ivan Koloff, the late Russian bear Ivan Koloff. Uh, those were the mm. four people I, I, I kind of took stuff from. And like I said, my dad was my teacher, but my mentors were Rotten Ron Starr and Leo Burke. So I had the two of best types of psychologies along with my dad but I took from people I grew up watching. I took from Gorgeous George. I took from from Hulk Hogan. I took from Tolly Blanchard, and I took from the Russian Bear Ivan Koloff. So being being part one of of that question was that, and that's cool because a lot of a lot of people will say, you know, Triple H or Shawn Michaels or this guy or that guy, or you know, or, or they'll go with the generic, you know, Stone Cold or Undertaker. The fact that you named off. Uh, you named off some wrestlers that uh, obviously Icon and I know, but uh, maybe the average run-of-the-mill wrestling fan wouldn't know uh, is, is really cool because I love the, uh, the the history of wrestling as well as, um, you know, the the, the names that, that maybe sometimes get overlooked. Um, now, is there a particular moment um, in your career to date, besides the match with your father and, and the one you were touching on uh, briefly before, there are particular matches to look back on, uh, and and you were just like, damn, that was awesome. Like like that was probably my favorite moment 
uh, in the wrestling business and subsequently one that you look back on and say, man, I wish that never happens again? Well, I've had several of those moments, to be quite honest, which oh, kind of okay. downfounds me down, downfounds me on why I never got taken to the big company because they were interested in me, uh, and that was both uh, WCW at the time and then was the World Wrestling Federation, now WWE. Uh, I had talked to agents in both both offices and, uh, you know, trying to uh, get a job with the companies, but uh, nothing ever came out of it. Uh, because I had some pretty killer moments in the indie scene. I had one great match that was in uh, O'Leary P.I. Prince of Rhode Island with uh, Jeff Dupree, the brother of Rene Dupree, where we sold, and this is something that I take pride in too, because at the same the same day, and mind you, uh, Atlantic Grand Prix Wrestling didn't have TV at this time. Uh, and they, the WWE was running in uh, Charlottetown, PI, Prince Edward Island, in the big arena, and we okay. were, we ran on O'Leary, we ran on, on O'Leary, PI, Prince Edward Island, and we actually just the main event, which was advertised as Renee, as, as Jeff Dupree and myself, excuse me, and uh, and Renee was still under contract with WWE at this time, and uh, hmm. we sold out the arena on O'Leary uh, PI broke the attendance record with Jeff Dupree and myself as the headliner. And we drew more people in that arena than what WWE did in Charlottetown PI in the same day. So I take great pride and testament to that because the main event there was WWE was John Cena. And here you had two indie boys, uh, the Cuban assassin going against Jeff Dupree and I had a killer match with that with that show there. You know, I walked in and had a standing ovation because the name's legendary in the, in the Maritimes. And within a matter of a few minutes, the fans were all booing me and throwing garbage at me and and everything because I automatically turned heel against Jeff Dupree, and uh, it was one of the one of the bigger highlights of my career. And uh, and and I can share that highlight also with with uh, one of uh, a matched up. I did in uh, Princeton, West Virginia, for a group called WVCW, West Virginia Championship Wrestling, and it was the uh, a boxer versus wrestler match, which was basically a work shoot type of match. You know, I was working with the brother, but he was shooting on me, beating the living daylights out of me, like a boxer hmm. would do. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that boxer was Justin No Mercy Robertson, and uh, which is now one of my good friends, and that took place back in 2012. And that match with me and Jeff Dupree took back in uh, place Wait, in uh, So was he actually hitting you? Huh? Was he actually, like, hitting you? Like, like full-on, like, yes. like, like a boxing yes. match? Oh, wow. Yes, yes. He, and I was actually, and I had, to, I had to actually shoot holds on him and protect him because I wasn't trying to beat him. It was, it was you know, supposed to be uh, for publicity, but the the guy was actually uh, hit me, and it's on my YouTube channel. People can check it out. Uh, Justin No Mercy, it's Cuban Assassin versus Justin No Mercy Robertson, the uh, boxer versus wrestler, uh, on Cuban Man O Two, my YouTube channel. And uh, and I mean to tell you, uh, that was about the realest as it got. And but we we drew an attendance there because people wanted to see it, and it was the first time. An MMA-style match happened in the state of West Virginia, which is where I live, and just happened. Still? Uh, that, yeah, it was the first time that right. ever happened, and and uh, to this day, 
and, uh, and after shortly after that, they legalized MMA, mixed martial arts, in the state of West Virginia. But we were the first ones to ever have anything like that, and it was just an exhibition bout. My brother was terrified of me, and uh, I, I guess because I looked so intimidating, I, I always thought I looked a better looking guy than him. But uh, uh, he, uh, he 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 pounded me pretty good and come right back on near to uh, knocking me out on several occasions. So that's cool. It was a good match. You can you can you can, you can watch. Uh, you know, I got matches. I don't have that particular match with me and Jeff Dupree and uh, O'Leary. But I got other matches of Jeff Dupree and myself also on YouTube on my YouTube channel as well as me and Renee Dupree. Which, by the way, just a couple of weeks ago, Renee Dupree came down to Madison, West Virginia, for ASW All Star Wrestling, a Gary Damron promotion, and uh, he had to wrestle me and uh, Haku King Haku, which also known as Ming, in the three way match, and we had a pretty good match down there. And that's also on my YouTube channel as well. Nice. Okay, I'll, I'm definitely gonna look it up. Uh, the Cuban yeah, assassins. I, got, I guess yeah. we got about uh, we got about 12 minutes left with uh, the Cuban assassin, and we uh, uh, I, I'm, we're just gonna keep rolling with this because I'm kind of curious. You know, you you know, your father was the original Cuban assassin, and uh, you're you're known as the Cuban assassin now. Was was it when you took? your father's name or when he gave you the name, whichever one it was, was it more like a passing of the torch or was it a way to keep the legacy going? Okay. Well, actually it was more or less I inherited the name is what happened. Uh, you know, I, dad had uh, only so many years because even when dad and I teamed up together, it was towards, he, he just came out of retirement. So he retired originally in 1993 after finishing off a tour tagged him with the late Rotten Ron Star in Puerto Rico for Carlos Colon's promotion down there. And uh, what happened is that in uh, 1999, the Emil Dupree put together the Legends Tour at Atlantic Grand Prix Wrestling. And they brought me up to be my dad's tag team partner, and, and my dad came out of retirement for that. And my dad would wrestle on and off again in, in a few more years until he you know, officially retired around in 2003. So and that's when he officially retired was in 2003 and he hasn't wrestled since he's made appearances, but he hasn't wrestled since. And I kind of inherited the name and just took over cause I was Cuban assassin number two and just took over as the Cuban assassin. Cause I look identical to my dad. If anybody looks at any photographs of my dad and myself, you can see that we look a lot alike and people really confuse us as, as the same person. Um, but I inherited his name basically, and it was supposed to be in a passing the torch. And that passing the torch that my dad had planned out was supposed to be when he took the the mask off of me as Satanicus in Stampede Wrestling. And the uh, actual storyline was supposed to be it comes down to a father and son feud where I'm supposed to be mad and angry at him because you know my father and my mother had divorced in 1980. And I'm supposed to play this disgruntled son and act like I'm cursed because I look like him. I'm identical to him. And I want to take everything from him. I want to take his name. And that was the whole storyline. And it's supposed to have been a match. It's because me and my dad had already wrestled each other on, on house shows and stuff before, uh, as well on, while I was under the mask to set up the, the storyline feud, even on the, on the television to Stampede Wrestling, which is also my YouTube channel, that match. And then uh, I... Uh, 
supposed to be. I was supposed to have a match with my dad, one on one's Cuban assassin versus Cuban assassin, winner takes all. And I was supposed to go over and win the match with my dad, and that was supposed to be in his final match. And that was supposed to be in the ultimate passing of the torch, which I thought was a great storyline. But then again, about why she's doing any of this. But the bottom line for Natalia is this: she better stop worrying about her friends or so-called friends. Uh, hold on, here. Uh, Sasha is making major statements. I, I apologize. Like somebody's, uh, somebody's watching Monday Night Raw. Well, I, I apologize, Richie, because uh, sometimes what happens is uh, we have uh, we have someone call in and interfere, and they just play stuff. They they say they right. want to listen to the show, and then they 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 try and interfere. So we cut that off when they start doing that. So I apologize. That's no um, problem. They're just diehard rest fans. But that, that's the idea that passing the torch was supposed to happen. But Bruce Hart. He uh, he cut that out because of David Boy Smith was there and he was teaming up his, his son Harry, but I inherited the name is what happened. Now I may have missed this and I do apologize if I asked this if you mentioned it. Your your father is still alive, correct? Yes, uh, he's still alive. He's getting ready to do an appearance here next month over in the Maritimes for a group over there. I think it's called Ultimate Championship Wrestling. Uh, UCW, and they're putting him in, I guess, uh, their Hall of Fame over there. They're inducting him, uh, a wild man, Gary Williams, and uh, Giant Krug and Robert Maia. Uh Both of those guys are very good friends of mine, and I've wrestled both those guys as well. Uh, you know, I actually had a great match with uh, uh, with wild man Gary Williams in the in the Burwick Arena in Nova Scotia, the original arena, which was the last time there was a wrestling show there. And that was back in uh, 2009, and uh, and then they tore that arena down and built the uh, Apple Dome there, uh, which is a bigger arena. But uh, uh, that's one a good memory I had too was against uh, Wildman Gary Williams. That match actually would turn into a six-man tag where my dad would be involved with it, and it was me, my dad, and Lee Lanny Poffo against Wildman Gary Williams. And I can't remember the other two guys' names that was involved in that match, and I apologize to those two individuals. Not not that they didn't stand out. It's just uh, I can't recall their names right at the time. Uh, Richie Azevino is our guest here, the uh, the Cuban assassin. We've got seven minutes here left. Now, let me ask you this. I don't know if it's possible, but is it something that you'd like to do? Two-part question. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you like to have, like, a generations match with your dad and your son, all all three of you together, and your nephew kind of like, like a four-way match against somebody? And then Will you eventually pass the Cuban assassin name on to your son? Well, my dad's unable to wrestle at this point because he's 78 years old and and he has a lot of uh, uh, arthritis and gout, so he wouldn't be able to perform. But he can be in he can be in our corner, and I would love a chance for the Cuban dynasty, which is myself, my son, and my nephew, to go against the new Hart legacy or the Hart Foundation, which is David Harry Smith. Uh, T, uh, uh, Teddy Hart and uh, Bob Pillman Jr. I would definitely love to see something like that come about. That would be a good, uh, good thing if if anybody like to see it. And I think I think people would be interested in something like that. Uh, you know, but I, but I'm still continuing acting in movies and, and film and television. And um, I got to do a movie here called The Mountaineer here soon. And I just did a movie with Dean Kane called The Zombie Club, which will be coming out soon. And uh, 
And, you know, I've, I've been, and of course, I did Wrestle Massacre, which is out now and available on DVD. Just go to fuzzymonkeyfilms.com, uh, big doc, big cartel, uh, excuse me, uh, fuzzymonkeyfilms.com, uh, dot big cartel. And that's what you need to go look for. So that, um, they can order all those films there too. Well, you know, the cool thing is, and uh, this is kind of an ego question, uh, our fans are kind of uh, uh, are kind of expecting it, so I'm going to ask them. Then uh, we've got about five minutes here left with you. Uh, now, if you ever need an extra for any of your movies, if you're, any of your directors are looking for an extra, give me a call. I'll come up and uh, I, I, I think I could uh, help sell a, a few more tickets at the box office. Of course, that's my ego talking. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. And then the other thing is, uh, now, the Icon made you a cool collector's card of you, your son, and nephew. What did you think of that? Oh, that's, uh, that'd be, that's, I think it's awesome, um, you know, especially with me, my son, and my nephew, because I'm having the time of my life uh, teaming with my son, you know, and my nephew, which, which is kind of a rarity because I'm one of the few people who gets to have the opportunity to say that I got to – I got to tag team with my dad. I got to wrestle my dad, and I also got to tag team with my son, and I got to wrestle my son. I got to do both of those, and I got a tag team match with me and my dad against John Kurgan on my YouTube channel. I got the match where I'm in the hood of Satanicus against my dad from Stampede Wrestling on my YouTube channel. I got matches with me tagging with my son and nephew on my YouTube channel, and I got the match with me wrestling my son as well on my YouTube channel. And uh, the other ego question I have is, uh, uh, if I were to send you an address, do you think you might be able to send us some uh, autographs or some giveaways for our big December show coming up? Sure. I wouldn't have no problem doing that at all. I'm all about the fans. You know, to me, the fans is number one. If it wasn't for the fans, we wouldn't be out there doing what we're doing and what we love to do. To me, the real superstars in wrestling are the fans. That's awesome. And real quick here, uh, we got about three minutes before we wrap this up. If our fans wanted to check you out and uh, see you online and follow you and keep uh, up to date on what you're doing, do you have a Facebook? You got Instagram? You got YouTube? You got a Twitter? You got a Twitch? You got to go fund me. What do you got? Well, listen, if they want to donate anything to be a sponsor of my upcoming film, The Mountaineer, which is an indie film, they can go to GoFundMe.com forward slash the Monason Mountaineer, and they can click and donate there, which they'll be mentioned in the crits, and there's some perks with that. On Instagram, Facebook, you can just search for Richie, R-I-C-H-I-E, Acevedo, A-C-E-V as in Victor, E-D-O, and you can find me on both my pages there on Facebook and Instagram. And on YouTube, just go to Cuban Mano, and actual number two, all lowercase one, let one word together, Cuban Mano, and actual number two, and you can get a hold of me there on YouTube as well. Anybody can reach me also, RichieAcevedo at Hotmail.com, which is all lowercase letters. And they can also contact me for appearances, whatever, through my agent, Wendy Lumby, at FacesOfWendy.com. That is awesome. Hmm. Well, you know, I want to thank you for joining us tonight and taking time out of your schedule uh, to join us. And eventually, hopefully, we'll be able to get uh, the – the whole trio on with us. I know they don't talk very much, but, uh, you know, maybe we can uh, ask some questions. They can, uh, they can nod and you can tell us what the response is. 
Well, they, they 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 can talk. What it is is they they are very shy when it comes to talking to uh, the general public. They don't have a problem performing mm-hmm. wrestling from. Them. They just have a hard time talking. <laughs> they get really shy and bashful. But I'll see what I could do to arrange something with that. And and uh, also I'll try to arrange something with Renee Dupree later on down the road for you. Well, he's getting ready to take off right. to do a tour in Japan. So. So real quick, uh, before before you uh, before you head out. You said uh, not only did you be able to uh, wrestle your father, but also wrestle with your son. From a father-son standpoint, okay, who gave their father the tougher match? Did you give your father the tougher match, or did your son give you the tougher match? My son's a pretty tough guy, and he's really not. He's really doing really good and knowledgeable wrestling, catching on pretty daggone quick. But you know, uh, in my own opinion, I think that. You know, I gave my father a, a, a better, harder match than my son gave me. But if you really want to know the toughness of it all, it still goes to the original Cuban assassin. My father is by far the toughest one of all of us. Uh, he's still going strong at 78 years old, and, and that man just doesn't seem to want to stop or quit. It's, he's like a machine. So he's definitely huh. the toughest one of all of us. That's okay. awesome. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what. Thank you, Richie. You've been awesome, and uh, uh, I sent you that uh, address on uh, Messenger. Whatever you can send us for giveaways, we'd appreciate it, and we uh, thank you for joining us tonight. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. The Cuban assassin, Richie Acevedo, ladies and gentlemen, the man you don't want to mess with, ladies and gentlemen. That's him. All right. So, uh, Big Swing, our next guest should be calling in shortly if they're not on the line already. They're not. They're not at the moment. But uh, so, what do you think about this whole AJ Styles heel turn thing? Joining up with the club. Yeah, I. You know, I think. I think it was. I think it was bound to happen. You know, I mean, they. They. They've been. They've been hinting at it uh, for a long time. So I. I kind of think that. Uh, it, it was bound to happen, you know, because uh, they like to mess with wrestlers' careers. That's just what they do. Unfortunately, that's just true. True. Well, Gallows and Anderson, you know, they had they they were pretty good. They've had a pretty good wrestling career. They just haven't necessarily had the best WWE career. So the fact that they're sort of revitalizing them and putting them into the into the forefront and back into the main storylines again is I like to see that because I I actually enjoy. Uh, Gallows and Anderson from a talent perspective. Um, three ten is is the other uh, area code. Is that our second? That's it. Yep. Alrighty. Um, let me just uh, get the Monday night game real quick. All right. All right. I'm gonna jump over. We're going to commercial over here. So I'm going to put them through and let you uh, do your thing. Take it away, ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is the beautiful. She is the vivacious. She is the diva to beat all divas. She is the one that we dream about because I've always dreamed of Jeannie. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the super Jeannie, Melissa Coates. Hello, you guys. How's it going? Good. Can you hear me? I'm here. Yes, we got you. We got you. We're good. Okay, um, so this is 
Melissa Coates. You're listening to the Attitude Era live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. Hulkster. That's I got awesome. it. Well, that we can, you want me to do it? Do you want me to read No, that's it? okay. Well, no, that's fine. I can I can edit it later. We'll we'll take care of it. I usually just edit those guys' names out late. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So uh, the super genius, our guest. <laughs> Uh, we have, um, well, we have 30 minutes here left with the Super Genie. So, first cool. off, I'm curious, where did the, where does the name Super Genie come from? Oh, well, it came from Sabu. Um, anybody who, who followed some of my fitness or, or wrestling, I used to wrestle at um, Melissa Ms. Olympia Coach because I, 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 I did a lot of bodybuilding magazines. I was one of the top women bodybuilders in the world back in early 2000s, that sort of thing, and then I got interested in wrestling. So I, I wrestled under that name when I was wrestling singles matches, tag matches, and that sort of thing at OVW. And um, off and on, I would bump into Sabu at at shows or, you know, backstage at, uh, I guess, it yeah, it was um, SmackDown when he was on the ECW brand at WWE. And he was looking for a manager, and he named me Super Genie. So... And, he, you know, he had a, a, a crush, I guess, on um, Robert Eden when she played uh, the genie on um, I Dream of Genie, that television show. So he named it Super Genie because I'm so muscular, like I have big biceps. So he likes me to pose my biceps a lot when we when we do our entrance. So that's the super part of Super Genie. Like I'm a super-sized genie, I guess, is how he looks at it. So, yeah, that name came from him. Uh, Melissa Coates, our guest here. We got uh, 27 minutes here with uh, Melissa, the super genie. So right, right now you're currently managing uh, Sabu, probably, and I'm not just saying this because you're on and he's probably listening, and I know he could kick my butt, but you uh-huh. you are the manager of probably one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of ECW. Yeah, what, definitely. What is yeah. it like being the manager of a legend. I mean, you're a legend yourself, but what is it like managing a legend? Well, it's exciting. You know, we've gone on some really great trips around the world, Japan three times. We have Australia coming up uh, again for the third time, and we were, we've were we been there twice since that, uh, UK a few times. And, you know, it's exciting. We get to do a, a lot of uh, traveling together, and, and, you know, he includes me in, in whatever shows that he can include me in. Some smaller countries that maybe uh, don't have as much money towards a couple of plane tickets and that, like he'll do some of those on his own. But for the, the most part, uh, yeah, it's great. We keep really busy. We keep really busy, and he's got his uh, his first book out, so that's really – fans love it. You know, it's, it's really – once they pick it up, they can't put it down. So – um, yeah, it's, it's great. You know, it's, it's nice to be included in everything he does. And, and uh, it's funny. It's they... a little funny for me sometimes, though, how scared people are of him. You know, because I know I'm at a, uh, on a different level. But wrestling fans in general, like they're they're scared to approach him sometimes. Some of his fans are. So I get to see like just because I know him from a, a different angle. I know what he, he's really like. So it's kind of amusing to see like how the I guess the legend of his background or his reputation affects other people. Like a lot of people are, are really in awe of him or they're like scared of him. 
So um, sometimes I, I, I think I kind of segue and make people a little more comfortable because they can kind of get to him by talking to me first, so they feel a little safer, I think. Uh, Super Genie Melissa Coates, our guest here. We got uh, 25 minutes here left with uh, Miss Coates. So, you know, you mentioned the book. What is the name of the mm-hmm. book? And then uh, we, we, uh, th- this is your time, I know. Uh, but I, I'm just kind of curious what the name of the book is. And then uh, at the end, we'll let you plug it. But what is the sure. name of it? Yeah, it's Scars, Silence, and Super Blue. So the scars, of course, is from his barbed wire matches. He has a lot of scars across his body from uh, his biceps, especially, and stomach and back. And he, you know, he did, he's very, very, very well known for his barbed wire matches. I think that's what really. Uh, fans really gravitate to that's kind of its trademark is, is barbed wire matches and the silence part of the title is, is because you know he doesn't he doesn't speak like a main part of his gimmick is the fact that he can connect with fans through his wrestling moves and, and not through promos like a, a lot of uh, the wrestling fans with their characters they, they talk a lot and present their characters that way Sabu's been able to do it without without talking a lot so and his uncle also his uncle is to speak um, you know, so he comes from a pretty famous wrestling family. Uh, and his uncle even told him, you know, you don't need to speak. You can tell your stories and communicate people through your wrestling. So that's that's what he does. So that's the silence part. And then the super glue part of the title came from uh, when he'd have an injury, he wouldn't go to the doctor. He would just uh, super glue it shut. Like if he had a big cut, he would use super glue and, and close his wounds that way, which is actually, I think they did that during the war. I think it was something um, soldiers did during the war when they didn't have time for stitches, and, and Sabu was doing that way back in his ECW days. He would he would fix his uh, injuries with the tube of super glue. So that's where the title comes from, Scars, Silence, and Super Glue. So it's a, it's a pretty fitting title. Well, you know, really fitting title. we all know that Sa- <laughs> Sabu's a pretty tough guy, and uh, I I, I don't know. Is he is he possibly listening to the interview right now? Uh, not right now. He's not. No. Okay. Because uh, uh, if I think, think he's if picking he, up he some edibles right now. If he oh, does nice. happen to listen to this interview, or if he does happen to hear this interview or listen to it, uh, maybe you can hook us up with him. Uh, you know, I'd be whatever his talent fee is. I, I'd be willing to try and raise some money to get him on the show to talk about his book. Yeah, but, yeah, we could definitely uh, try that. It, it yeah. sounds like the uh, it sounds like the big swing is back. What we'll do is uh, we'll let him ask you a few questions, and we'll circle back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. So, big swing, sure. what do you got for our guest, Melissa Coates, the Super Genie? We have uh, well, we have about uh, twenty five minutes left with Super Genie. Um, sure. Well, I was going to ask a little bit about the uh, Sabu thing, uh, but she, she covered that a little bit. Uh, I, I guess the main thing would be, um, you know, how did you get involved at all in, in the wrestling business? Like, I mean, I know, you know, uh, you, you touched on it briefly, but, you yeah, know, we, we uh, like what, what was your inspiration even to, to get involved in the business at all? Well, when I was a kid, like, I, I would watch, like, Hulk Hogan, and, you know, I, I watched wrestling, and, and, you know, I got into bodybuilding really heavily. That was the, the first I guess I'm probably, well, definitely better known from bodybuilding than wrestling. I, I, I did a lot in wrestling, but I, I did way more in, in fitness. I did a lot of magazine covers, um, like Muscle Mag, Flex, 
muscular development, um, muscle and fitness, all those big fitness magazines, and I competed in the Olympia, which is like basically the WrestleMania of, of women's bodybuilding. So I, I competed in that, and I actually think I partially got inspired to get into bodybuilding from like you know watching Hulk Hogan and the whole Venice Beach. Uh, story like Hulk Hogan from Venice Beach, so it's it's sort of a a, a kind of long winding story from when I was uh, a, a kid actually. So then I got heavy into bodybuilding, and I did uh, a lot of things in 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 that that uh, that career. And then I you know I I was always more athletic, like I played tennis and I did sports when I was younger. And wrestling, of course, involves a lot more athleticism than than bodybuilding, bodybuilding, you know, you do a posing routine, but a lot of it's like linear motion, like working out in the gym. So mm-hmm. at a certain point there, I decided I wanted to try out wrestling and, you know, got invited to, to OVW and, and I started training there. So I was training with like um, Melina, Jillian Hall, Beth Phoenix, a lot, a lot of those girls who did really uh, well. And I guess the late 2000s, those were uh, all people I trained with at OVW. So uh, yeah, I got into through 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 uh, through that. Just uh, some people con. I t- talked with Kevin Kelly early on when he was doing. Um, I guess he was the head of talent relations at one point. So you know, it was kind of a touch and go sort of situation at the beginning, and and I just really enjoyed like entertaining crowds and that sort of thing on top of it. So that's that's how I got into it. You know, it was a you know, there's a few little obstacles and pitfalls and stuff that can happen within that business. It's a pretty tough business. So uh, that particular time I did backlash actually 2005, I did the pay-per-view backlash for WWE and I was um, kind of in a position to do a, 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 a TV spot managing a really good guy who was doing well in the WWE at that particular time. Um, but it, it didn't quite pan out. I think he didn't want to have a manager at the time. So a lot of the business is based off, you know, obviously what 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 the guys want. You know, it's, it's typically a business that that they attribute to being run by men. Even though uh, there's tons of great women wrestlers, and there's a lot of of women wrestling and women fans and that sort of thing. But um, at that particular time, you know, it didn't have the big strong women's movement that it has now. So that particular chance didn't pan out to a, a long-term job but there was there was other other times I was in good positions for jobs there's just certain things that go on in the business that I wasn't really prepared to participate in I guess like it's 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 a, it's a, a tough business it's definitely like a doggy dog business that's for sure but you know I hooked up with Sabu so it, it works really well I still get to to be involved on a, on a high level we were doing impact a few times I'm supposed to do impact TV coming up again soon. So, um, so that, that's happened in the last little while. So that's been really cool too. So it's, it's, you know, it's nice to be, be able like Sabu still can, can work on that type of a level. Like he did great. Uh, you know, he, he had hip surgery, but he, he's still able to pretty much wrestle the way he used to. Uh, Super Genie Melissa Coach is our guest here. We got about uh, 16 minutes left here with uh, uh, the Super Genie. You know, I'd like to ask you a few questions about uh, bodybuilding, if I can. Sure. 
Now, when you're doing the bodybuilding, you know, you have to, uh, like, I've always been kind of curious what the criteria is. You have to have, like, stuff. You have to have, like, the, the six-pack abs, and you have to have, mm-hmm. like, like seven different bumps of muscle on your legs. What 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 is yeah. the criteria to, to get it to get into those competitions? Well, you know, you go through an amateur level. Uh, you know, you you kind of get yourself through it, and judges look at you. They look at your body for uh, muscularity, um, which is your degree of muscle that you carry. Your symmetry, you know, like a, a body is put together in a certain aesthetically pleasing shape. You know, which actually I think went back to to the Romans or the Greeks, there was like, um, you know, how muscular everyone was back then. And there was just a certain body ideals. Like they, I think they want your waist the same size as your thighs. Like they have a specific sort of uh, measuring. And then, you know, if you look at someone's body, there's a certain look that looks pleasing and some other bodies might be blocky and, and less attractive looking, but it's all about having like an attractive hourglass shape, which would be the symmetry um, you know, you want to have a fairly good, you know, with men, usually it's as big as the muscle gets. With women, women's always more subjective because some judges or some people are like, oh, a woman shouldn't be that muscular. So the, the women's division, like judging it is always a little more subjective than the men's. Men's is pretty clear cut. But, you know, I was able to, to have good symmetry. I um, would get really, really ripped. Like my body fat would be maybe 5%. So you, you can see striations and my, my glutes even, which usually is an area women carry a lot of fat, well, but I didn't. I would, I would be ripped when I was ready for a competition. And um, I carried especially a lot of um, muscle on my biceps, so it's kind of what I still carry muscle on, which is how I got the Super Genie-like title. But I did four shows through Canada as an amateur, and I was already actually getting noticed for magazines. So I turned uh, pro in that, and then I won my pro debut, which was a, a, a show called the Jantana. I won that, and then I was qualified for the Olympia. So I did it. My first Olympia, I got ninth place. So that's basically saying you're, like, ninth in the world. You're the ninth best bodybuilder, women's bodybuilder in the world. Um, but I was really lucky, too, because I, I, I was considered um, feminine enough. Like, some, some women bodybuilders, they think look a little – uh, I guess more masculine in the face, but uh, I, I guess with me, I was lucky that they, they thought I was pretty enough to put on covers. So I, I was in a lot of covers of magazines too. So a lot of it was just, you know, being in the right place at the right time and being noticed by the right people, you know, and, and uh, just, you know, getting along with people and being good to work with. They want people who are good to work with and, you know, you show up in shape for your photo shoots and, and do what they ask you to do. And, and you know, I, I had a lot of good years in the magazine, too, like swimsuit videos and calendars and, and and that sort of thing, too. So, yeah, that was a great career for me. I actually had some opportunities coming up back in that business. Um, recently, I moved to, to Las Vegas about a year ago because a, a lot of the fitness industry happens out in California, like it's on this coast. So I was living in Georgia for a long time, and uh, I just got – moved out to, to this part of the country. So a lot of my, my old friends are popping up again and I might have some good opportunities working back in that business. Maybe not so much competing. I don't know if it's a good idea to compete this many years later, but, you know, anti-aging is a, a huge business nowadays and, and that's probably where I see my future going after wrestling is 
is training people and, and, you know, people want to look good nowadays as long as they possibly can. And there's, there's a lot of techniques and, and, uh, clinics and, and that sort of thing where people have learned a lot about, uh, you know, having, uh, allowing people to live as long as possible, as healthy as possible. So that's definitely uh, an area I'm interested in getting into in the next two years. But, uh, but yeah, that's uh, how works. It can be pretty subjective. Sometimes girls look too big and sometimes they, they look too small. It's just, it's really hard sometimes to figure out what the judges want at any particular time. So, um, you know, I did, uh, by the time I, I started switching the wrestling, the, the girls were being voted for maximum size, which is just some of the girls today are just absolutely humongous. You wouldn't believe it. Like they're like cartoon characters, but they're real people. It's, it's amazing how big some of them are, but you know, it, it's a 24 seven lifestyle. I mean, you eat, sleep, and train. Everything you do is about growing your body and, and, and nurturing it. So it's, it seems like a selfish business to a lot of people, I guess, because you have to focus so much on yourself. But that's what you have to do to be the best in the world in that type of business. A lot of, a lot of eating uh, every few hours. <laughs> you take your nap after you train. Like it's, it's really, uh, it, it's time consuming, but that's that's what you do to be the the best in the world in that in that particular sport. Uh Melissa Coach Super Genie is our guest here. We got about uh, ten minutes left with uh uh the Super Genie. Now I'm kinda curious with your with your bodybuilding, I, I have I have two questions on this. Now I sure. hope you don't take the question the wrong way, but because I think it's kinda cool. I wish I could do it, but I'm wondering if you can do it. Do you have the ability to do the, the chest flexing thing, you know? Oh, popping up and down. Yeah, I can do that. I actually That's have a, a video. I, I have a video on my members section of my website. I haven't been really great keeping my website up the past couple of years because I've been so busy um, with Sabu. We actually have a new website that you can find it under Sabu and SuperGenie.com, but you can actually find it more easily under ECWSabu.com. It goes to the same site. So that's the new site that we have up with our appearances, and you can order Sabu's book on that as well as some other merchandise. So that's ECWSabu.com. So that's uh, basically the site that I've spent more time on. But I have my own site, which is MelissaCoats.com, and some of my members' area videos are, are, are me doing the chest popping thing. <laughs> so I, I, I do that. I had a, a, a fan who wanted me to do that, and I was able to do it. So it's kind of a funny sort of thing doing that. But, yeah, that's in the members' area. Anybody who wants to see it, it's 10 bucks. It's only $10 for the members' area. I kept it affordable. So, yeah, there's that in there and a lot of wrestling matches and Tons of photos, like thousands of photos. So it's a, it's a pretty full members area. It's a good, it's a good site for ten dollars. You know, I make it affordable for everybody. You know, there's just you know, nothing uh, X-rated in there. <laughs> I, I don't well, do know, X-rated I, kinda, stuff. So. Yeah, well, no, I, I'm kind of curious. There, there is a couple pictures on your on your profile. I'd like to ask you about if I could. Uh, on my what? If you don't want to, uh, you have some, you have some uh, cool pictures on your. Uh, on your uh, Facebook page that I, I'd like to ask you about, if oh, okay. I could. If you don't want to answer, yeah, I'll, sure. I'll understand. Uh, the the one uh, the one uh, image that I'm looking at here is uh, I had made you a cool collector's card. You're you're kind of like sitting in a chair and you got your legs up in the air. What, what was that like? A, was that like a photo shoot or what was that? 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, that that's yeah, a purple outfit. Yeah, that's uh, for Bill Dobbins. That was like an official photo shoot. He's a he's a very well known um, women's physique photographer. So I actually did that shoot while I was at OVW. That's not a super new shoot, but it, you know I got in fairly good shape. It's hard to get really lean and hard like that while you're wrestling because uh, you know the more padding you have on your body, the better it feels when you take bumps. So for for that was um. I think that was shortly after I did um, the Backlash pay-per-view for 2005 pay-per-view. It was May that I did that. But, but yeah, that that was a photo shoot with Bill Dobbins. He's done a a lot of really great work with a a lot of really, you know, the top women bodybuilders in the world. And he's he's very artistic. So I, I plan on working with him again in the future. And he's been one of my friends for many, many years in the business. But yeah, that was, that was for a photo shoot. We did other ones no, where was, I was uh, wearing jeans and uh, kind of an outdoor winter's hat, you know, with my hair strategically placed. But I had a really good six pack then. So, you know, we did some really nice work. I definitely look forward to working with Bill again. Well, you know, the the other the – other, uh, there's there's two others uh, I'm kind of curious about. Uh, is it true that you did the Master Lock Challenge? Is, is that what that is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the Backlash back 2005. At the time, they were doing, um, um, yeah, he, Chris Masters would have the Master Lock Challenge. And, um, you know, they, they had an idea. I think at the time, because they were thinking of having me manage this one particular um, WWE superstar who was, who was a really big guy. And the thing, um, most of the time when I was doing uh, – work at WWE, they, they often had me more in a manager role, and I, you know, I, I'm a decent wrestler, I wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world, you know, but I didn't start doing that young either, like, it's definitely better if you start wrestling when you're a teenager in your 20s, I didn't start getting into that till I was a bit older, but, uh, but yeah, for that, you know, they called me up and had this great idea to do the Master Lock Challenge, and uh, yeah, that's 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 what the Backlash 2005 pay per view was about. They uh, had me planted in the crowd, like you know, someone in the crowd. This is how that went. Someone in the crowd would, you know, Chris would have uh, Chris Masters would have money offered up to whoever could break the Master Lock Challenge, and you know, they planted me in the crowd and had my hair up in a in a hat, so you couldn't necessarily, you know, accept that. You know, my chest is, is rather big. It's a little hard to, to cover that up and make me look like a, I'm a, a guy. But they figured, you know, put her uh, hair up in a baseball cap and wear a baggy shirt. And because I'm more muscular than the average girl, you know, uh, I don't know, wrestling kind of doesn't really use a lot of muscular, not a lot of muscular women uh, involved in that. You know, they had China doing um, – China was probably the last really, you know, Beth had muscle too, but not quite the same way as as Joni Lara did. China was very muscular, but they had me pop up in the crowd, and you know, at first he he thinks thinks uh, you know that I'm a I'm a guy trying to do it because you can only see that my hair is up in a hat. You could see my biceps because they wanted me to wear a cut off shirt. And then, you know, I get in there, and it turns out I'm a, a, you know, a girl. <laughs> so, so then I, I, I took a challenge, and they had me get beat pretty badly. But around that time, also, I was, was I, sh- shortly after that, I was supposed to end up managing this one particular um, 
guy who was a wrestler who was on TV at the time, but it didn't end up panning out. But uh, that's mostly because of some uh, well, behavior know, I, on I, his I, part. Some behavior on his part sort of ruined that. I, I hate to say this. I no longer like Chris Masters because I'm in love with you. But uh, And then the other <laughs> one uh, I was going to uh, mention, but first let's do this so we can get it in. If our and I know you kind of mentioned, but I'll let you uh, mention it all again. If our fans wanted to check you out and uh, follow you and see what you and Sabu are doing, uh, do you got a Facebook? You got an Instagram? You got a YouTube? You got a Twitter? You got a Twitch? You got a GoFundMe? What do you got? Oh I, well, right now I do have a YouTube channel. I need to get back on that more. Um, but uh, easiest thing right now is is I have two Twitters. One is more my fitness one, which is at Melissa L Coates. So M-E-L-I-S-S-A-L-C-O-A-T-E-S. Really, I should have called it Real Melissa Coates, but I wasn't too savvy when I first set that up. But And the one I use for promoting uh, Sabu's work and his merchandise is at SuperGenie111. And then uh, my main Facebook, you would find under Real Melissa Coates. And I have a my website is MelissaCoates.com. And my Instagram is at Melissa at Melissa L. Coates. So those are the main things I have. And the website that covers Sabu and me is ecwsabu.com. So there's a lot of merchandise on there. Most of my own particular merchandise is on my, my, my melissacoats.com site. But, um, yeah, those are the, the main places to find me. And um, I also did Extreme Dodgeball. I don't know if you guys saw that. I did a, It was a pretty popular show for a while there. It, like, came out right before the Dodgeball movie. It was this program called Extreme Dodgeball. It was on the Game Show Network, but it was actually hugely popular. And it was a, a funny show, like, because people were all talking about how Dodgeball, like, damages and traumatizes little kids. Like, the weaker kids would get pegged off with balls. So I think at the time in schools, they were trying to ban Dodgeball. You know, you know right. that movie, right? Dodgeball, like, how funny it is, like picking on other people and trying to peg them off with balls. So I was on the Barbell Mafia team. And that, that show got compared a lot to WWE because it had um, kind of theme, theme teams. And so all of us, we were muscle heads on our, our, our uh, team, of course. And then you had, like, CPAs, which were accountants, but they were, like, certified public assassins. And there was a team of mimes, which was kind of ridiculous. They wouldn't talk. They would just do miming stuff. Um, the second season, there was a bikini team. Actually, one of uh, Chris's, I don't know if he's married to her now, but one of his girlfriends was on that bikini team the second season. But um, Sumo Storm was, like, obviously, like, really big people. But it was it was fun. So that's a, that's a TV show I, I did a couple seasons on. It's pretty well well known from doing that, that TV show, too. And then besides that, I've done oh. a, a few films, and I might have a few films coming up here shortly. So, but yeah, let's keep in touch and keep updated on everything and that kind of stuff. I'll add to my own website and on my Twitter. And uh, Melissa uh, Coates, our guest. Here we got about uh, we got about thirty seconds here left with Melissa. I do want to thank you uh, for joining us and taking time out of your schedule. Yeah, thanks for and if me. if in yeah. any way. You can hook us up with Sabu. I mean, he's big, and I'm not just saying this because it's you, but he is Big Swing's hero. He is my hero. He will always be our favorite yeah. from ECW. And oh, for you sure, know, he basically created ECW, right? Like a lot of people, like he's quiet and modest, so sometimes he doesn't get quite the 
I think quite the recognition he 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 deserves. But you know, he lives, eats, and breathes wrestling. Like that's that's everything he's done. But yeah, I, I'll message you after. You can definitely uh, line something up to interview him in the future. He just had something he had to do tonight, which is why he's not here right now. But um, yeah, message me on Facebook, and I'll get back with you on how to uh, how to get a hold of him. And then uh, we have a lot a lot coming up. We got shows in Winnipeg coming up. Uh, Australia, soon New Jersey, Philadelphia, uh, California. We got we got to get here to Fargo. We got to get here Yeah, yeah, we were definitely talking to someone about that. We just need to 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 work out the details. And um, I currently I I kind of like haven't wrestled. It's sad we wanted me to specialize on on. Uh, being his manager, but I might get back in the ring and do some shows coming up. I still get people asking me to wrestle, so it's something I might consider in the future. I just have to get no. rid of that ring rest because it's been five years or four and a half years since I've done matches. But but we'll see what's going on. It's you know it's, it's been fun. It's it's good work, and you know Sabu's book is doing well. So anybody wants to get it, you know he does a personalized copy if you order from the ecwsabu.com site. You know we personally send it out ourselves. So it's always, you know, better to support the athlete himself by ordering his merchandise through him. Some fans think that if they order his merchandise from someone else, that he's getting a cut of that profit. He's not. Like, you know, like I've had a lot of fans when he was getting his hip surgery done, they they thought by buying any of his merchandise it was supporting him. But, you know, it's not. You know, a lot of... uh, a lot of these other companies, some companies sell his stuff without even his permission, you know, so they're making money off all his hard work and he's not getting a cent of it, you know, so definitely anyone who wants to support him or get his merchandise, definitely go through the ecwsabu.com site or on my Twitter at supergenie111. I post his merchandise on there. I'm actually going to post another highlight reel to his book and, and post uh, some of his T-shirts and caps and that sort of thing uh, on that that tonight. After we get off the phone, you know, I'm going to post some of his merchandise and some of my photos, you know, some of my photos and T-shirts and that sort of thing I'm going to post on there too. Well, you know, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, you were talking to somebody here in uh, in Fargo. Uh, it wouldn't have to be for an uh, event called Maui Madness, would it be? You know, I think it was. I believe uh, Mr. I think we chatted about this, or I chatted about it with someone else, and it was for a pretty big event. And um, yeah, uh, uh, the guy's in a big is swing. Bob. His name is yeah, Bob. Yeah, Bob put it. Bob, Bob put it. Yeah, both uh, Big Swing and I uh, are have been big parts of uh, Maui Madness. Uh, as a matter of fact, oh, we cool. do our show live from there every year. We would love to get you out here. Okay, well let's yeah let's definitely uh, let's definitely work on it. You know, Sabu's getting bookings up to even March of next year. May actually had someone asking about him working in May, but um, yeah, let's definitely work on that. So keep in touch, and I'll let you know like what uh, can be done to to get Sabu scheduled on your show. And and uh, thanks very much for having me. We we love you, Melissa, and I'll, I'll tell you what oh, I, I didn't get a chance to ask you. <laughs> I didn't get I didn't get a chance to ask you about the picture, but there's one where you're wearing a Hooter shirt, and you definitely would have yeah. the attributes to work there. Oh well, thank you. I think <laughs> that was a custom <laughs> photo. Sometimes fans uh, fans send me like outfits they want me to wear, and it's another way I make money doing like doing their uh, 
whatever their custom, their custom kind of green uh, Spanish shoot or, uh, you know, videos and that sort of thing. That's that's sort of a, another good way for for models to make money in general. So that's that's that that one particular fan wanted me to wear a Hooter shirt, so he sent that to me. So um, yeah, that's awesome. so that's, well, that's, I will be in contact with you and then, photo. Uh, and and uh, I'll uh, I'll work on trying to get you up here for Molly Madness. We'd love to have you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Sounds good. Have a good night. And uh, Thanks, you guys Melissa. take care. Have a good night. Yep. Right. You too. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Super genie, Melissa cool. Coach, ladies and gentlemen. She's what dreams are made of. I'll tell you what. That was cool. I really like that. Yeah, would you uh, would you come up here for Maui Madness if uh, Sabu and uh, Super Junior are here? Oh, of course. That's of awesome. course, I'll probably I'll probably come out there anyway. Um, we do have the third guest on the line, I believe, a seven eight one. That's right. Yep. All righty. So the football game just ended. I'm gonna go to uh, post game stuff, and I'll be back. So I'm gonna put them through, and you do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. The man that really needs no introduction, but I'm going to introduce him anyway because he's worked with my all-time favorite hero, and he also shares the same name. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Pat the Brat Piper. Hey, buddy, how are you? Well, thank you so much for that that great introduction. I appreciate it. And uh, I got an introduction for you guys. Hey, this is Pat the Brad Piper, and you're listening to the Attitude Ever Live with the hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hoekster. How is that? That's awesome. That's perfect. Now, you know, how fitting it is that, that you're on the show tonight uh, because we're, we're, we're going to uh, – this is a, a, in, uh, a continuing interview from last night, so uh, fans that heard your inter- part one of the interview last night – we we won't hashtag uh, hashtag. We won't hash out what you talked about already, but we are going to ask you some newer questions. The okay, first thing is how how fitting it is that you're on because you cut your teeth on uh, the King's Court with Jerry Lawler, who happened to be on Monday Night Raw tonight, who got attacked by uh, uh, Bray Wyatt. Right, right, and then uh, it's just strange that they brought back the King of the Ring. Because yeah. that's well, that's where I worked with Roddy, 1994. And here's and here's the funny thing: the reason why they brought the King of the Ring back is because we, I swear, we have WWE creative listening to this show, and they heard that you were going to be on, so they had to bring back King of the Ring. <laughs> yeah, maybe they could bring me back too. <laughs> I, I I would love to. Well, let me ask you this. Speaking of that, uh, that's the first question I'm going to ask you. If they called you up, is that would you want to would you want to go back and work for the WWE if they called you, or or is that something that you put in your path? Uh, honestly, I'd have to think about it because you know I'm not a spring chicken anymore like I was 25 years ago. But but uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, if they uh, called and said, hey, we we have an angle. <laughs> Because I had a, I had all my friends hitting me up, and they're like, "You should, you should be managing Ronda Rousey." And I'm like, "Well, 
I have no say in the matter. But, I mean, if, if they wanted me to come back, yeah, I definitely would. Now, you know, you mentioned man, man, uh, being a manager for Ronda Rousey. I mean, that is something you wouldn't turn down, would you? I mean, I know I would oh, no. take that in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, yeah. And actually, I mean, I think she needed someone to do the talking for her. I mean, because when she first started out, nah, she really didn't know what to say or anything like that. And always smiling at the fans and waving to them. But, I mean, uh, I think if she had a, uh, had a mouthpiece, she would have done much better, I think. Not, yeah, not to say I'm that she was horrible or anything, but, you know. Uh, Sometimes she just needs that little extra thing. Uh, Pat Piper's our guest here. We're going to take him right up to the top of the hour to the end of the show. we got 35 minutes left with Pat. Now, for those that did not listen to the show last night, uh-huh. uh, and they should have. I don't know why they weren't, but they should have. Uh, if you could kind of – we'll kind of go back here a little bit, just a little bit. Now, you originally uh, – and correct me if I'm wrong. You had originally sent in a tape because you wanted to become the co-host of, uh, what was it, uh, the Saturday morning show. What was that called? WWE Mania. Yeah, WWE Mania. Now, with Todd originally, and, uh... yeah, it was Todd Pentagill and Randy Savage originally. And then, right. uh, now, I'm not just saying this because it's you, but I think they made a mistake. I think they should have picked you instead of Stephanie Wyatt. Yeah, well, I mean, but I got a better deal. I got a better deal. Well, exactly. Now, let me let's kind of go go through this. Now, you you ascended the tape, and they they called you. We'll kind of take us back to that. Then we'll kind of go up to the King of the Ring. We'll kind of do like because kayfabe's dead anyway. So we'll just kind of go through the whole process of laying out storyline for how it went. Yeah, well, I uh, I sent in the tape, and, you know, I was doing doing impersonations. Uh, I did one of Randy Savage, I did one of Hulk Hogan, and I did one of Roddy Piper. And Roddy Piper was making a comeback at WrestleMania 10 to be the special guest referee for the match against uh, Bret Hart and Yokozuna for the, the title. And... Uh, yeah, Jerry Lawler was talking a bunch of crap about Piper. Oh, I hate this guy, and yada, yada, yada. And then, uh, you know, I sent him my tape basically around the same time. And that's when I get a call, and they're like, okay, we want to show you footage. They show my footage, and then all of a sudden they call me a couple of weeks later, and they're like, hey, we have a proposition for you. How would you like to be a guest on Jerry the King Lawler's King's Court? And I was like, okay, fine, great. And, you know, okay, go out, get yourself a kill, and, uh, you know, we'll fly you out to Stutters, Ohio. So they flew me out. I met up with uh, Blackjack Lanza and Tony Gurria. They were doing the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. And they sit me down, and they were like, okay, tonight you're going to be Roddy Piper. Because I didn't know what the hell I was going to be doing. So they're like, yep, tonight you're Roddy Piper. And I'm like, okay, I guess so. And uh, we did the King's Court. Uh, they called me back a couple weeks later. 
And they were like, oh, uh, did you see yourself on Raw? And I was like, yes, thank you so much for the opportunity. Hope Roddy wasn't too mad about it. And they're like, well, maybe you can ask him in person, how would you like to go to the 1994 WWF King of the Ring? And I was like, absolutely. So that's how that whole thing started. Now, I'm kind of curious. Now, when, when you got the call from the, the WWE, and, yep. you know, you mentioned that, you know, you're, you you have a lot of friends, especially hopefully the icon is your number one friend. Of course, that's my ego talking there, but we'll, we'll continue. Now, <laughs> did you ever think when you, when you got the call, though, that it was like one of your friends putting you on that, that they were just trying to lose you? Did, you? did you think at first it was a joke, or did you know right away that it was the real thing? No, I, I didn't think it was a joke. And, uh, you know, my friends would be dickish, if that's a word. Uh, if, if they had done that, I would have been pissed. <laughs> but, no, it was, uh, it, it was legit. And uh, now you, uh, uh, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you were on it. You know, how many people can say that they, they submitted a tape they appeared on WWE Mania. They appeared on Monday Night Raw. They appeared at King of the Ring. How many people can? How many fans can say that? Not many. No, I'd say uh, there was me and uh, Jason Sensation. Right. I don't know. If, and, I, that, uh, that's the thing that pisses me off, though, because everybody thinks I'm Jason Sensation, and I'm not. <laughs> Everyone thought that was me doing Owen Hart, and I was like, "No, that wasn't me." Well, you know, the the thing is, Jason Sensation, he kind of got himself in a little bit of a bind, so we know that wasn't you. Right. 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 Now I try to be try to behave. Now uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you want to answer this question or if you can talk about it. Then we'll go to Big Swing. I, I'm sure he's back from Monday Night Football, but. Uh, now, did you, two-part question, did you have to sign a contract for these appearances is the first question, and uh, was, was was the compensation pretty cool, or was it like, uh, like uh, here here's some uh, lifetime passes to WWE? What, take us through that. Uh, yes, I definitely had to sign a contract, and part of me is kind of mad that I did. I mean, I, I just wanted to be on TV. I wanted to get to, you know, be in the wrestling ring. And, uh, you know, a stupid kid back then, I didn't know anything. But uh, basically, they they own my likeness. And uh, I'm on like four or five DVDs, which I know has sold millions and millions of copies. And, uh, yeah, I never saw one penny of it. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, uh, big swing. We have uh, we have Pat Piper here with us. We got uh, we got about uh, thirty minutes left here with Pat. Uh, what do you got, Big Swing? Well, you talked about the King of the Ring in nineteen ninety four, uh, working with Jerry Lawler and all that. Um, I liked the setup of what they used to do with King of the Ring, but then they made it its own pay per view, and yeah. you know one of the biggest matches, at least to me growing up as a kid. I mean, again, I, I grew up during the Attitude Era. 
Um, one, one of the biggest things to me was when Undertaker threw Mankind off the cage at, at King of the Ring 98. Um, Absolutely. Did, did you feel like, you know, did, did you like the setup of them making it its own pay-per-view where things weren't necessarily centered on the King of the Ring match? Or, or do you like the setup, like what they're doing now and what they did when they first started it a little bit better? Like the, uh, like the, the, like the tournament, like the, the, the tournament style spread over a couple of weeks, you know. No, no, no. I I prefer the one night thing. Okay. Why is but, that? I mean, uh, I don't know. It's it's just. I mean, it kind of takes away from the you know. The whole pay per view because you know you're watching continuous matches all the time, but then they'll throw in like a tag match, and then they did the thing with Roddy and Jerry, but. uh yeah, I just I just prefer the old school, and uh, you know, I mean, now you got to wait weeks and weeks to find out who's going to win this thing. So yeah, I'm old school. And who who has been your favorite, uh, your personal favorite King of the Ring uh, winner so far? Uh, Mabel. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'd have to say probably Randy Savage. Okay. Randy's a good one. The, the cream of the crop is still one of my favorite promos. I know it was a long, long time ago, but, yeah, great, great. I love Randy Savage. Oh, I, I loved him, too. Big fan. Big fan. I mean, my, my aunt my aunt knows Hulk Hogan personally, like, from down in Florida, because they, they're both from Clearwater. So, um okay. You know, growing up, I I always knew Hulk and always was a big fan of Hulk, and I know that they had one of perhaps the fiercest and most competitive rivalries ever between Hulk and and, and uh, Randy Savage, even in real life too. Um, but despite all that, yeah, I love Randy Savage also. I unfortunately, you know, got to see him being in the ring. You know, it was a little bit before my time, but uh, you know, I, I I was I was right in the time period of you know Stone Cold winning it, King, uh, Kurt Angle. King Booker, you know, stuff like that, Booker T, but, uh, but back in the day, though, uh, I just I just feel like when you guys started the event, I felt like being the King of the Ring meant a whole lot more than it did during the Attitude Era. So, I mean, don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, glad to see it coming back. Uh, Pat Piper's our guest here. we got uh, 26 minutes here left with that. Um, well, let me ask you this. You you do gotta admit though it is kind of cool though that with the WWE Network you can go back and watch yourself and you know people are able to relive that now with with that being said do people recognize you in public now that have maybe seen that do they come up to you and say hey are you that guy or does that not really happen at all no that it, it happened when you know I first did it but you know this is. 25 years ago, so, um, but people, like, in the local independent wrestling area, uh, where I'm from, you know, people will recognize me and come up and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I remember that, and so, I mean, it, it's nice to be remembered. Doesn't and happen a lot, with that but... Being, <laughs> now, with, with that being said, uh, kind of curious, they, there's a, uh, DVD coming out about uh, Roddy Piper. Uh, do you have anything to do with that? Yeah, or have you had any input on that? 
be a uh, documentary. Uh, WWE hired, I think, a director from A&E. And uh, it's just funny because, like, I, uh, I friend requested Roddy's daughter years ago, Ariel Toombs, and uh, never got back to me. Then all of a sudden, like, just out of the blue recently, she was like, hey, they're doing a documentary on my father. Do you want to be a part of it? And I was like, yeah. So she got me in touch with the director, and uh, what was it, like uh, last week I was doing a uh, wrestling show, and he showed up, and we sat down. We had an interview and talked about Roddy, and then he uh, went on to film me doing my thing in the ring. And, uh, you know, we've had um... – We've had uh, we've had you know we've had uh, Colton Tooms as a, as a guest on our show uh, a few times and uh, uh, I'll admit I, I I still owe Colton twenty five dollars he's uh, he's gonna uh, he offered me a chance to own a piece of Roddy Piper wrestling history uh, the icon shirt that he wore on WCW uh, it's it's all packed and all ready to go for me I just got to send him the rest of the money. And if he's listening, it's coming. It's coming. But I will. Uh, I, I, I'm going to get it to you because I, I want that shirt. Yeah, I had that shirt years ago. I don't know what the hell happened to it though. But uh, and plus, you know, the old classic hot rod shirt. Right, right. And, and I got the kills. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. Now. Uh, don't, don't take this the wrong way, but I, I have to say that Ronda Rousey does look a little cu- cuter in the kills than you do. Oh, I totally agree. Okay, I totally agree. good. I, I just, I just, I just didn't want you to get upset by me saying that. I just had to throw that oh. out there. Uh, we have, uh, we have. I got a pretty good here. We, we got, uh, we got twenty-three minutes here left with that. So tell us, what are you currently uh, doing right now? Are are you still doing anything in the business uh, independently? Uh, what what are you doing these days? Uh, yeah, like uh, I just did a show the other night uh, for New England Pro Wrestling, uh, New England Championship Wrestling, I should say. And uh, yeah, I hadn't been in the ring for like almost a year, and then you know I I told the promoter, I was like, hey, they're shooting this documentary. And then, you know, he was like, all right, you know, and I was like, can they film it at the show? And he was like, yeah, yeah, all about it, all about it. So uh, I came in, and he was like, we're going to put you over huge. And I was like, all right. So uh, there was a vacant uh, New England Championship Wrestling tag title, and uh, me and my tag team went out there and won it. I was like, that's, that's awesome. Now, cool. now, you know, you mentioned that, you know, New England Championship Wrestling, uh, you know, uh, Big Swing, you know, he's out uh, there in New York. Uh, do you ever, you ever wrestle close to New York? Uh, no, never in New York. Um, but, you know, I've done stuff in uh, Philadelphia uh, and basically the, the New England area because, you know, that's where I'm from. So... Uh, but no, never New York. So, uh, Big Swing, you'll have to uh, you'll have to travel see him in New England now. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, that that's totally fine. Cool. Now, I actually I actually used uh, to live out that way. Actually, 
Um, I uh, I lived. I mean, let me let me see. What is he? Seven eight one. Yeah, that's one of the Boston. Uh, you know, six one seven, seven eight one. So I'm, I I lived out in uh, um New Hampshire for a while. In fact, I can okay. I can still yeah. get the the whole New Hampshire, you know, beer. But let's let's drink a beer. I can still I can still do it. I can channel it if I need to. <laughs> New Hampshire. Wow, I haven't been there in years. Yeah, I uh, I so, lived in Nashua, right right over the border. So I was about thirty minutes from Boston. Okay, I got cousins who live out that way. Oh, okay. That's cool. Small so world. if uh, the big swing were yeah. to show up at one of your shows, do you think you can get them on your guest list? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See, nice. there you go, big swing. You're on his guest list, and uh, uh, I I can't ever get out that way, and I I I don't think uh, 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 the brat wants to come out to North Dakota because we freeze solid for half the year. But uh-huh. you know, if if you ever get close to North Dakota, Pat, give me a call, man. We'll hang out. I will keep that in mind. But if you if you said so, it's like freezing half the year, I'm not bringing my damn kills. Uh, it, okay, put it this way: it was I went out there for the March Madness event or the Maui Madness event. It was like it was when they did Selection Sunday, uh, not this year, but the one before. Um, and it was oh, right, so what is that? Selection Sunday for college basketball is what late March, mid mid March. And what you guys get uh, that night, Icon? Two feet, something like that, of snow? Two, two and a half feet? Uh, yeah, two feet of snow, yeah. Yeah, yeah in, in, in mid-March. So, winter's supposed to be over in March. Huh. Uh, so. Yeah, supposed to be, but nah, no. Yeah. You know, it's like I keep telling everybody where, I, where I'm from, Pat, we have four seasons. Winter, flood, road construction, and football. Yeah, and they all suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, well, I've had our, my our share of winters. Our, our football team doesn't, but uh, but that's that's something else. We'll, we'll get that. Cause we got they uh, suck too. We got uh, Pat Piper's our guest here. We got eighteen minutes here with uh, Pat. So uh, with the uh, with this championship that you have, uh, we're going to add that to our record. We're at a. a we're now at 750 and 0 because anybody that we've had booked on our show, whether they uh, I booked them and then they were on, or they were on and then they had uh, their championship, they've always won it. So you've just added to our legacy, so you can't lose it anytime soon. Okay, well, I also have another uh, guy that I managed, and uh, he won the, it was called the World Wrestling Alliance. And that was another New England-based group. And uh, he became our champion. And you might know this guy, or heard of his name at least. Uh, no gimmicks needed, Chris Candido. Mm. Yes. Uh, uh, he was engaged to Sonny, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Yes. And we, we unfortunately lost him, unfortunately. Yes, we did. And it was, it was, oh, man, it was crazy. Like, uh, I had basically the same injury that he had. I had broken my leg. And so, you know, I have screws in my leg holding it together. And he basically had the same injury plus a broken ankle. And then, you know, he went into surgery and everything. And the biggest mistake he made was getting on an airplane. 
because the altitude changes his blood and everything, and then he got sick, and then he just it was like out of nowhere he was gone. I, I think I it was like that. a week. I think it was like a week after the injury that he passed. Yeah, I know that's that's I know it was it was a sad deal, you know, and uh, he was a, he was a, uh, oh my god, great guy. Yeah, the way and the way I understand it, uh, you know, I've heard. Uh, I, I tried to get Sonny on our show, uh, but uh, to no avail. But uh, I've heard her interview and talk about how uh, they they didn't uh, even give him his last uh, his last uh, his last uh, royalties for the last show that he did. Right. Uh, which is really sad, but. but no, so, I know. Uh, I know Tammy very well too. You think, uh, do you have contact with her? Yeah, we're Facebook friends. I mean, if you go on my uh, my Facebook page, you know, there's there's pictures of me and her hanging out. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. If you ever talk to her, and if you can ever pass my information to her, tell her we would love to have her, and we dedicate a whole show just to her. We call right. it Sunny Days. I don't know. She might not like that title. Wasn't there a uh, adult movie called that? No, that was Sunny Side Up. Oh, <laughs> even better. All right. Don't, don't ask me how I know that because I oh, – well, no, I'm, we're not going to get into this. Anyway, so – No, uh, I mean, yeah, hey, you know, we're all adults here. I like porn. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least some of us are, should be adults, but some of us don't act like it. Hashtag icon for kids. Anyway, so uh, now – since you're since you're uh since you hold the tag team belt, how often will you be wrestling now? Who, me personally? Yeah, wh- how often do you have to defend the title? Uh is it or is it like a Brock Lesnar thing you can just show up every uh every five months and defend the title? Uh well, I mean, we haven't really been running shows as of late, but we're trying to get back into the swing of things. Uh, we have another show coming up in October, and that's when um, my guys will be defending the titles uh, against two. I have no idea, but you know, I threw out a, I did a promo and I threw out an open challenge. You know, any any tag team backstage wants a piece of this, then you know, bring it on. Step up to the plate. Uh, well, do you think they'd uh, accept uh, uh, a challenge from? Uh the team of uh, the iconic swingers. That would be the icon and the big swing. Uh, they might. You guys ever been in the ring? Uh, I've been thrown out of a ring. <laughs> I, I, icon. I'm a, I'm a uh, radio guy and a play-by-play commentator. I don't wrestle. Yeah, well, uh, Sometimes the guys can well, be a little, I'll, I'll, a little I'll, snug. I'll do like I do on the show. I'll just carry the team like I do on the show here. You want to? You want to? Oh, wow! Wow! That was a joke. Come wow. on, you know, you know I. He went I, there. You know I like joking. Wow! I, I, hey, I'm joking around. You know that. I know. Uh, I know. Pat, You're fine. This is, Pat, this is the kind of camaraderie we have. You know, we always try to one up each other, but usually oh, yeah. I'm the one that's one up. So, uh, you know. Uh, I finally got one over, but anyway, and, and I owe that to you because you, you've been my inspiration to finally one up somebody. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way with my friends. I mean, we 
sit there and we yell at each other. We call each other names. And people are like, oh, are these guys going to fight? And it's like, no, we've known each other for like 40 years. Uh, we have uh, Pat Piper's against. We've got 13 minutes here left with uh, Pat. Now, I'm also kind of curious now that, you, you know, you signed a, double, uh, a WWE contract for your appearances. And unfortunately, you never saw any royalties for any of that stuff, which I find is sad. But do you uh, do you have the ability as uh, a former contracted superstar? Uh, do you ever get invited to like the Hall of Fame or WrestleMania, or uh, can you do you get like passes or tickets or anything like that? Do you still get any of those kind of perks, or were those or has that ever been a perk? Uh, nope, never. I mean, I got paid to do the uh, Monday Night Raw, and I get paid to do the King of the Ring. And then, uh, oh, yeah, Pat, you know, uh, we loved watching you and Roddy walk down that aisle. It was great. We're going to call you next week because we understand you want a position here as a manager in the WWF. And I was like, oh, all right, great. Still waiting for that phone call. And that was 25 years ago, so chances are, uh, yeah, it's not going to happen. Well, you know, I was thinking, you know, you shouldn't have changed your phone number until they called you. That was a joke. Well, they had my a address joke. and everything. Oh, okay. I was, I was a poor attempt at humor. Uh, I, and I was waiting for uh, Big Swing to uh, play the sound effect, but he forgot. But anyway, uh no, I didn't forget. It just, it just wasn't. It wasn't like you know, it wasn't super terrible. But I mean, I can play it if you want me to. Well, no, sure. Why it. not? <laughs> so, you know, let, let let's go back here. King King of the Ring '94. Yeah. Now you. You were obviously backstage for the whole show, correct? Yes. Now, were you allowed when you're backstage? Are you allowed to interact with anybody, or do they make you stay in a certain location, like in the locker room in the back area? Uh, are you are you able to talk to any of the superstars, or is that not allowed? I'm kind of curious what the backstage uh, experience is like. Oh no no no! I mean, I could I could walk around and talk to people. Uh, and I learned a lot that night because, you know, back then, you know, I, I was kind of like I knew like a lot of the stuff was scripted, but I didn't know how much. And so, you know, I see p- people preparing for that match and everything. And like I, I was watching uh, Owen Hart and uh, the one, two, three kid uh, before their match. And they were walking up and everything and they're like, OK, yeah, we're going to do this. OK, yeah, we're going to do that. But uh yeah, nobody uh, nobody said anything. I basically could walk around as free as I wanted to, which was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I'll admit, and this is not a diss on Big Swing, but I'm more I'm more uh, schooled in the older wrestling, you know, from I, – I, I went from the Legends era to uh, the New Generation to the Attitude era to the PG era. Uh, the, era the era they're in now is called What the – are they doing era? Um, well, you forgot the you ruthless know, aggression era, which was right after oh, the yeah, attitude era. So, big swing. Here's a trivia question: Who won King of the Ring '94, and who did he defeat? 
Oh, okay. So I'm assuming you already know this answer. I do. Like, like off the top of your head. Yep. And I know exactly what happened in that match too. Well, I would say it would be Owen Hart defeated Razor Ramon. Ding, 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 right. ding. What do we have from Johnny? But also, uh, also, also gets, Roddy gets, Piper defeated Jerry Lawler that night also. Yeah, and they had some skinny little kid at ringside. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think he kind of fucked up the match. A little bit, yeah. Uh, but and, uh, and I only know that. I, 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 I only know that because of the WWE Network and going back and watching stuff from back, you know, before I really knew what wrestling was, I... And now have the ability to go back and watch that stuff. So that, that's the only reason I know that. And, and, you know, the other interesting thing about that pay-per-view is, uh, you know, we got, I'm sorry, Pat, I don't want to take away from your time, but we got Pat Piper here. We got seven minutes left. Uh, what's interesting about that match is uh, it was uh, Bret Hart versus Diesel for the championship. Jim the Angel Neidhart interfered in that match to get a DQ. And, uh, Jim the Anvil Reinhardt also interfered in the Owen Hart match, and uh, Owen Hart and uh, Jim the Anvil Reinhardt uh, gave Razor Ramon the heart attack, and that's when they formed a team against but the Hitman Hart uh, for the rest of that year. Yeah. Wasn't as good so as the original. Right. So let me ask you this, Pat. When you, when you got to uh, – how – how how long did you get to hang out with uh, Roddy before and after the King of the Ring? And what is it like hanging out with him? He was a character. He was a character. Um, but yeah, I mean, like nice nicest guy in the world. Uh, you know, he, he treated you like you know, like he's he's known you for years. And you know, I had just met the guy, and you know, we were sitting backstage and we. We're talking and everything, and you know, he's asking me all these questions, and I'm giving him answers, and he, he was he was laughing about it. But what what I didn't know is Roddy did not like people impersonating him. Really? Hmm. Oh yeah, he hated it, and he'd really get pissed so, off. And I, I was like, oh god, he's gonna kill me. So were but, you touching uh, then, or what? What what got him over that in your case? I I have no idea. Uh, I was he was cutting a promo for Coliseum Video, and uh, he had this big bodybuilding friend with him. So me and him are talking while Roddy's doing his interview. And then uh, I was like, "So I take it, uh, Roddy saw the tape," and the guy starts laughing. And I go, "Well, what did he say?" And he goes, "Well, he sat down in his chair, turned on the TV." Put in the tape, watched it, stopped it, rewound it, watched it again. Then he got out of his seat and he was like, he looked at his friend and he goes, "That little motherfucker, I'm gonna kill him." And I heard that and I was like, "Oh God!" I was like, "He's pissed." But no, I mean, wow. he gave me his blessing. He gave me his blessing. Would he, would he not like the idea? I, I mean, well, I guess impersonating somebody and tributing somebody uh, is a little different, but would would he not like the whole idea of Ronda Rousey doing the, 
you know, not just the kilt and not just the rowdy Ronda Rousey thing and not just the similar music, but the fact that she has her writing the same way his shirt had the writing on it. Like, I mean, is that something he probably wouldn't have gotten behind or was it just like vocal uh, impersonations he did? Uh, I think it was probably just vocal because he, I mean, he gave me his blessing and he gave Ronda Rousey the name Rowdy. Hmm. Okay. She took it and ran with it and put the kilt on and everything. And that that was actually uh, when she first made her appearance in WWE. uh, That was actually Roddy's jacket that she was wearing. Oh, it was like his actual jacket. Oh, wow. His actual jacket uh, because Colt came down and brought it to her. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And then, uh, you know, I I asked Colt that. I said, uh, uh, what, what was that like? And he said, uh, well, yeah, I let her borrow the jacket, and then after Monday Night Was Raw, I took it right back. But she ended up getting, like, a duplicate one that was a little bit shorter to fit her. But, Correct. Uh, Correct. Yeah, I don't so know. So we, we, we have Pat Piper's, I guess, here. We got, we got about three minutes left here, just so... Uh, uh, we can uh, we can let you do this. If our fans wanted to check you out and follow you and see what you're doing and become friends with you, like uh, you're friends with the icon, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a Twitter, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? Uh, basically, I mean, I don't have Twitter and all that shit. I have um, a Facebook page, Pat Piper seventy five, and uh, you can look me up there. Uh, there's a bunch of YouTube videos that you can check out. Just type in Pat the Brat Piper, and, uh, you know, you see me do some stupid stuff. <laughs> One of them was a karaoke contest with uh, Ivar from the Viking Raiders. I love that. And I love your video montage, too. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. But uh, yeah, th- his name was an Ivar, but back in the day, he was uh, he was known as a handsome Johnny. Mm. And uh, yeah, that was that was fun because he he had gotten injured, and they were like, well, they still wanted him on the show, but what can he do? He's injured, and they're like, oh, we'll put him with Pat, have some fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So he's been around uh, for a while then. Well, but I, I was I was scared because that uh hmm. that show it was basically a tag team tournament the whole night, and halfway through the show, the fans started losing interest, and I was like, oh, okay, hmm. great, and then they're like, oh, the karaoke contest is next, and I was like, oh my god, this is gonna suck. <laughs> So we get out there, and <laughs> my first song is I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. Oh, and, boy. And, That's awesome. And I, awesome. Got the, I got the biggest pop of the night. <laughs> people, people were going nuts. And then I go backstage, and <laughs> one of the boys is like, yeah, leave it to Pat Piper, singing the Backstreet Boys to get the biggest pop of the night. <laughs> Just laughing. Uh-huh. That's awesome. 
Well, I'll tell you what, Pat, our time is just about out here. We do thank you for uh, joining us last night and tonight. And uh, what we'd uh, like to do is uh, when the documentary comes out, hopefully we can get you back on or we can uh, talk to you more about it. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And thank you so much for the uh, the two nights, back-to-back, double shot. And uh, it was fun. It was fun, guys. We love you, man. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You guys have a great night. All right, we'll as well. here next week. Next week we got the actress uh, Jerry Jewell on with us. Uh, we have uh, we're supposed to have uh, Ronnie Garvin on with us, and we're also going to have Murray Sawchuck, the greatest magician in Las Vegas currently. And uh, hmm. you've seen him on Ten and Tell Foolus. Uh, you've seen him on uh, uh, the Greatest Magicians One, Two, Three, Four, and Five. And you've also seen him with David Copperfield. So he's going to be on with us and he's talked to us, and he has already been confirmed. Nice. And then again, for those of you listening, um, you, can't be, you can't listen anymore. Uh, as it does cut off right at the two-hour mark, uh, Sunday night, you know, excuse me, Monday night football went on. However, if you go on the Blog Talk Radio, the Attitude Era site, this last, I don't know, minute, minute and a half, two minutes, if you really want to listen to it, will be up on there as well but it has cut off the radio, unfortunately, because Monday Night Football takes precedence uh, in their eyes. So uh, we, we will see you um, next week, another three-guest show, and uh, we will go from there. Stay classy, San Diego. Dead man walking. You got it now. You got it Turn around and face the fight for your goal.